the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. I always like to have, for lack of a better phrase, a thesis in my head for the show in the morning and for segments that are coming up. And one thesis could probably, it's probably going to get tougher for jobs, for employment, and for homes. You have a job, you pay for your mortgage. You don't, you lose that job and you suddenly don't pay your mortgage. And Probably in about a year, year and a half, you'll be hearing things on this show and on TV. Hi, I'm an attorney. Are you not paying your mortgage? Well, that's good. I'll help protect you. Because um, what happened last time in 2008, 2010, when people were losing their homes, the government came out and put out a, a, a foreclosure moratorium. And you saw lawyers just sneak right in and go, we can market this. As you know, the government's just put in a moratorium on mortgages. Hire our firm, give us $4,000, and we'll fight with you to the mortgage companies. And I saw a lot, not fraud, but I saw a lot of unscrupulous lawyers who would make one phone call for you. And they're like, oh, I tried. Our team's on it, but they said no. Um, so we're not there yet. The market is open. I'm officially restart the show 30 minutes because I'm a mess today. But markets opened and it's lower. I'm taking a look at the stocks that we typically talk about. Amazon, Microsoft, Verizon, AT&T, Consolidated Edison, a big energy nuclear company. Uh, they've got nuclear in their portfolio. They also have coal and natural gas as well. Comcast, MasterCard, Visa, Starbucks, things that are regularly on the show, NVIDIA, Spotify, Airbnb, all lower, all in the red. Yesterday, after the Fed announced their decision, we're like, yeah, the man gets it. Jerome Powell sees the inflation. It's like that moment where you and your spouse are on the same page. And you're like, I'm in love with her again because she sees the problem. And for you know the months before, you all were drifting apart. We've been drifting apart from Jerome Powell for the last six months now and almost ridiculing him. Uh, he used the word transitory. And we, we, fell, we fell for him when he said that. But now we're seeing that that's not different. And he's, he kept using it. And he kept using it. One of the weirder things about his conference yesterday after he raised interest rate 75 basis points was during the call where he answers employees' questions. And he's, he's a great speaker. Right? I actually enjoy hearing him speak. Jay Powell. I'm not sure how you go from Jerome to Jay, but I'm going with it. Somewhere in there, it was brought up a question on where the Federal Reserve sees unemployment and they see it moving higher. And one of their mandates is to keep employment at fullness and to fight inflation. He went out of his way to say the Fed removed a reference to expectations about the labor market and that they're going to remain strong. So he's no longer saying they're going to remain strong. And second, he said the central bank said it's strongly committed to bringing inflation back to its 2% goal. 
So now we know his parameters. If we're at 9% inflation, consumer price inflation, and he said some great stuff. He's like, people don't care about course inflation. They want to see the headline inflation. How is it hitting them? I wish he would have said it like that because he says it more like a economist and he says it, he says it well. But what that tells you is unemployment's going to go up and the Fed's good with it. It's a way for them to help fight inflation. Inflation is the nastiest, worst thing I can imagine. For 15 years, and here's the thesis of the segment. For the last 15 years, we've been in a basically lower interest rate environment where to hit the baseball, dad came out and soft pitched it to you. And now we're going to grow up into the other teams and have pitched to you. And it's a big, big difference. So low interest rate environment to higher interest rate environment. When push comes to shove, the Fed compromises. Pushing up the unemployment rate more than forecast assumes that accepting underlying inflation of up to 3%. Even the anti-inflation giant Paul Volcker only brought inflation down to 4%. So this is going to be a longer issue than short. That's what you need to be prepared for. And the last 15 years where you could basically say crypto, not going to work because we're going to need to say what's going to work is be earnings. When you can go and be happy with an artificial intelligence company that's losing money for handover. This is going to be a tough time to be a venture capitalist. This is going to be a tough time to bring those companies public. So the memo has already gone around. If we're giving you money and we're developing you, we're going to expect you to save that money. Don't go out and hire everyone. I know you want to grow it at the fastest pace possible. There's a lot of rising cost of living. The way I explained this to my spouse was when you see an inflation headline of 8%, I said every month, every year that it stays there, our buying power is down 8%. That's not good. Uh, it's okay if it's down 2 to 4% because our stocks are averaging 7 to 10%. But if you're averaging 7 to 10% and earnings estimates haven't come down and you're, do you see, you see where the math is starting to like teeter totter? We have yet seen stock prices decline by 35%. History says we may not get the entire move to get inflation under control. There's going to be an economic contraction. The SP 500 so far is down 22% for the East year, but 22% is not 35%. This is the index need to get there to kind of like whoosh us out. I would say that's kind of going to be a parameter that we set as lowest case denominator or example here. Let's take a quick look at the numbers and how we've opened. Waiting for everything to update. Anytime the market just opens, uh, things are a little slow. This isn't so bad. The Dow is down 759 points, down 2.4%. The SP 500 is down 106, down 2.8%. The NASDAQ is down 330, down 2.9%. Let's take a look, quick look. So the SP 500 just entered a bear market. So it's hitting new lows. We know that. On a one month basis, uh, we're there. The Dow, same thing. The NASDAQ, same thing. 
I'm okay with it. I'm just telling you, it's going to be very, it's going to be the, the roller coaster where you feel pretty comfortable getting on because you're, you used to be correct thinking I could buy out on a 5% debt. And I, I would come on the show. I'd be like, yeah, we tend to get bear markets every four years, 10%. Uh, ten, no, we tend to get corrections every year, 10%. And we, we tend to get bear markets of 20% down every four years. Uh-uh. This is a big one and it's not going to recover quickly. 70% of economists in a new poll say America's headed for a recession in 2023. Now, here's where you wish you had a chainsaw and you have an economist and you have an R-rated movie directed by Quentin Tarantino with an economist and an angry criminal. And the criminal screams to the economist, where's the economy going? And he goes, we're going to recession, sir. We're going to recession. And then the, he's all happy, turns his back. And then the economist opens his mouth one more time and he goes, but on the other hand, if Putin gets taken down or he succumbs to illness, maybe not. And then suddenly everyone's very angry at the economist because he has just use one hand. Don't use the on the other hand. 70% of economists are headed for a recession. I'm going to say, yeah, it looks like that. There are some things that we could do just to avoid it, but when inflation is this high, the pains that you have to go through to get to lower inflation, again, we're going to hit a food crisis this summer. It's, it's going to be on the level, if Putin keeps the pressure on Ukraine, it's going to be on the level of, we need Michael Jackson to come from the grave and sing a We Are the World song. We need to start raising money for famine. And then you get on top of it, you know, the warming weather. Mortgage rates are climbing fast. Don't expect them to slow anytime soon. With lower, I couldn't, and again, I just use me because that's the best way of saying it, but we could also use you. But I'll, I'll give you an example of a personal friend. His family just sold their house and went to Italy. Now let's, let's pretend they went to Italy like a month or two before. And they're like, his goal is no news. We don't need it. He's coming back a month later. And he's going to go, wait, 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 what are mortgage rates? So they sold a house with the intent on buying a house. He probably, in theory, sold the house perfectly. Maybe two or three months ago would have been better. Because everyone was overbidding, everyone was overbidding, everyone was overbidding. You had 20 bids on every home. Now you're going to start seeing people say, okay, we probably hit a top because mortgage rates are so high. And if you don't put the two and two together... And I'm not going to move and sell my home. I need a place to stay. I need a place to live. But you're going to see more people put inventory out there. The average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage this year has gained significantly, rising from 3.1% to the end of 2021 at 5.2%. It's now over 6%, 6.22%. So in one year, you're talking about going from 3.1 to 6.22. And it's heading higher. So housing is going to get hit in valuations. It should. If it doesn't, I'd be surprised. Not as bad as you think, because I think the loans that we have out there are good. People are like me, like, I'm going to stay in my home. I, I can afford it. And also I have a low rate. But I feel pity, as Mr. T would say. I pity the fool that doesn't have a mortgage right now because it's a lot more expensive. And my friend's going to learn it's a lot more expensive than when he left. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. I'll be honest. 
It's a little difficult arranging stories to tell you. Um, I always try to find things that are a little bit on the fluffier side. Mix it in with teacher last you know, like for instance, Coca-Cola is hopping on the canned cocktails trend. Company announced it's partnered with Jack Daniels, so ready to drink Jack and Coke. And then we could talk about that and how Wall Street's all about product. Coke is all about product that's relevant. In the last 30 years, we've seen this big switch going on on how we consume sodas. People are like tired of fizzly drinks. If I were to get in a time machine and go back and date a 20-year-old, I don't know how I say this without sounding creepy, and I ordered a Coke, she'd go, oh, weird, weird. Taste change. The reason you see companies like Taco Bell go so aggressively into spicy foods is because taste change. Younger people want spicy and zesty. Coca-Colas don't sell Coca-Colas anymore. Now you need to put some alcohol in it or maybe some fantastic cherry burst Coca-Cola. And it can't just be cherry Coca-Cola. It's got to be burst. So what I'm finding interesting about Jack Daniels making a partnership with Coca-Cola, it's about product, right? And it's ready to drink. There'll be a lot of trial and errors. That story yesterday got me thinking about Netflix. And I don't know, what's the, is it fair to say, and this is a little difficult to pin the exact dates, but from the 1950s to 1980s, mid-80s, you had ABC, NBC, CBS, and then out of nowhere came Fox. So you had four basic networks, and Fox was pretty interesting, and you had to get up and turn your channel. You didn't have remote control. Fox was interesting because Rupert Murdoch came out with new programming. And instead of just saying, you know, it's, it's the Mary Lou, uh, Mary Tyler Moore show, he came up with Beverly Hills 90210, geared towards kids, teenagers, geared towards girls 18 to 25. So it was a lot of pimple medicines and a lot of cute, teeny tiny, like VW Rabbits commercials. Fox came out with another great idea, like X-Files, which was geared for boys 18 to 35. And they knew the advertisers knew to sell it that way. You didn't have to have, have as many dots, as many numbers. So TV had kind of a new competition for, for companies from the 1950s to the mid 80s. And then cable came along and said, you know, we can give you those four channels and it'll be crystal clear. And you don't have to have an antenna on top of your roof. And cable had a great run as people started paying for TV instead of free TV. And at first it wasn't that expensive, but it became so. And out of cable television, we, we gave birth to companies like Rupert Murdoch gave birth in free TV to Fox. When it came to cable, company, people like Ted Turner created CNN and CNN2 and CNN Plus, CNN Worldwide, and he made billions of dollars. And then somewhere around 2000, Netflix said, you know, we're not focusing on TV. We're focused on movie rentals. And we'll deliver you a movie rental in the mail. So you don't have to get up off your hiney. Watch it this weekend. In fact, you will have, you can get two per order. And as soon as you send one back, we'll send you a new one. But if you want to get the spicy one, three, like if you're going to watch three movies this weekend, that's going to cost you a little bit more money. And Netflix had its day. And I'll tell you, when Netflix started rolling out DVDs, and I didn't have to get a Blockbuster, and Blockbuster stank. Do you remember Blockbuster? 
you go to Blockbuster and you'd even start a date on Friday night. Let's go to Blockbuster and rent a movie. And you'd want to get there early to, before all the good titles got taken. And your date would walk around the store and you, you'd go, oh, have you seen this? And she goes, no, no, but I don't really want to. And you're like, oh, I like, maybe I can get a horror movie and get romantic with her kind of thing. No, no, she sees right through it. So then they're like, and then Blockbuster, I, I forgot to return it on Tuesday. They'd start charging two, three, four, five dollars a day. And we we're angry at them. But that was their business model. That's how they could make more money and just said, uh, just renting. They made more money on people bringing it back late than they did on the renting by far. And then later Blockbuster would add like candy into their stores to give you that movie theater experience of candy while you're watching a movie. And then Netflix came along and said, we can do the movies delivered and we'll have no late fees ever, but you're going to pay a monthly subscription. And then that started to fade a little bit as cable got into a pay-per-view. So there's kind of this big battle. Where's, where's ABC, NBC, CBS? Still most of the United States was watching ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. But as cable started getting penetrated into more and more homes, you saw that the business model was great. People were paying monthly for a box. They're renting the box that they could watch pay TV on that you could also used to get free TV and people would do it because there was more choice. ESPN changed things. Sports Center. The first time I saw Sports Center, it wasn't on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. It was on cable. And then they came out with too many uh, Sports Centers, right? So now that Netflix comes along and says, let's do binge watching because no one's ever done this. And Netflix's Stranger Things broke records on number of eyeballs on one series. We would consume it. And we were like, when's season two? When's season two? Squid Games. When's season two? When's season two? You know what Netflix is saying now? We may have to start rolling out television shows weekly instead of giving, dropping them all at once. They're looking at it. And they're also looking at what used to work for free TV of commercials. And keep in mind, this is actually funny to remember, back in the 1980s when cable started rolling out, cable companies said there'll be no commercials. And almost instantly they had to backtrack on that because what they were paying the companies like ESPN, ESPN wanted more. So now we're seeing the business model evolve at Netflix where they're going, that's broken. So we had 1950 to 1980 network TV dominated. And then 1980, you started seeing cable come in and make grounds. TV was still, uh, free TV was still dominating. And then Netflix, we started using terms 20 years ago, 15 years ago, very, 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 very slowly cutting the cord. Where the younger people have internet connections because they want to be able to look at things on the fly and now you can watch movies on the fly and netflix on the fly things do change and you're going to see a lot of and this is all about coca-cola and jack daniels and it's all about product and evolution netflix is already broken would i invest in netflix right now no until they get over what's next i don't i'm not there you can find me online at rob black show rob black.com or rob black show.com i'm rob black an education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Yesterday, the Federal Reserve did what they were supposed to do. They raised interest rates. Typically, historically, if you've ever followed the Federal Reserve, they are our monetary policy in the United States. They typically aren't supposed to be Republican or Democrat. Their job is to keep inflation low between 2 and 4% and keep employment full. There's no doubt about it right now. The United States is enjoying full employment. 
somewhere around 4% is full. And when you get down to 3%, people start quitting. They're like, take this job and shove it. And then you get out to 2%, secretaries are saying, take this job and shove it. I'm going to be the CEO of a company. You're like, ooh. So we're not going there. The Federal Reserve did their job. And historically, when you watch monetary policy, they typically cut interest rates 25 basis points. They're like, the little bit here, a little bit there. Let's see how it plays out. We're going to raise the cost of home equity lines of credit. We're going to raise the cost of mortgages. We're going to raise the cost of credit cards. We're going to raise the cost of, of borrowing money, essentially, is the, is the name of the game. And that helps banks because they lend money and it gives them a better spread to lend money into. Yesterday after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates, not once, not twice, but three times in one day, 75 basis points, the market started moving higher. But ladies and gentlemen, those, those, that movement has evaporated. Poof. We thought about it overnight and we're like, um, this is probably going to lead to tightening too fast because not only did the Federal Reserve say June – they said July is probably going to be three, three basis, uh, three quarters. So you're going to see another 75 basis point hike. Keep in mind when I say a quarter points, that's 25 bips, BPs, basis points. There's a hundred basis points make 1%. So the borrowing cost went up three quarters of 1% yesterday. And it's going to take three to six months to really work into the economy. So we're not going to fill this until September slash Christmas. It doesn't happen instantly. People who have locked in a mortgage, for instance, they still get that rate. Um, it takes a little bit of time for people to start seeing their credit cards uh, adjust in price. And if you had a minimum payment of $100 a month, that next minimum payment might be $115, $120. Depends on what the size of the account and the interest rates being charged. But that's less money in your pocket at the end of the month. It's a tax, if you will. Where the taxman comes and says, more interest, more interest. And he goes to the next person, goes, I need more interest. Boom, 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 knocks on the door. So what happened overnight, I saw global markets getting around. And I saw global markets doing pretty much so what the Federal Reserve did, raising interest rates to fight inflation. Now, what was genius by Jerome Powell yesterday, he said, there's only so much I could do in the monetary policy side. We got to figure out how to get more food in the world. We got to get more homes in the world. We got to figure out how to get more energy to people. Russia's messing this up. It's not me. I've done my job. Federal government, you do your job now. And that's where we started thinking, huh, I bet they're not going to do it. A lot of attention this morning on the Swiss National Bank surprising global markets with a 50 basis point hike. That was their first rate hike in 15 years. Worthy of doubt. They went from negative 75 basis points where you were losing money to down. And again, that's really different because in the United States, we raised 75 basis points. And we're talking, you know, 4% is our end goal. There's still negative interest rates. So if you have money in the bank, you lose money. Last year at this time, you were like, oh, that, that interest rate of one quarter of 1% is nothing. But if you lived in Switzerland, or if you use the Swiss National Bank, you're actually negative. So this is crazy what we're seeing. This, the Swiss National Bank's not necessarily the biggest problem the world's having right now, but it shows you how hawkish-minded monetary policy is in the world. When the Swiss don't raise interest rates, they don't raise interest rates. And when they do raise interest rates, something has happened. 
So the Federal Reserve raised interest rates last night, the lending rate, or last night, yesterday, 75 basis points. That's the largest hike in 28 years. That tells you something's up. Brazil, they raised their central uh, lending rate by 50 basis points. The Bank of England raised their lending rate 25 basis points. So around the whole world, money just got more expensive. Debt just got more expensive to service. Inflation's a global problem. Most central banks are raising rates to fight inflation. Inflation isn't coming down fast enough or at all in the areas that we need it to, food and energy. There's a stagflation buzz that the United States consumer has money, but we're going to get less for what we pay for. Um, two months ago, I took a flight that was $1,000. Two years ago, I took that same flight that was $400. I went the same amount of miles, had kind of the same amount of service, but had to pay almost double. And for me, I was justifying it like, yeah, I need to go out and you know, this isn't my best investment, but, uh, you know, I got to keep marriage together. And like, there was a lot of that going on. Central banks have a lot of work to do in terms of raising policy rates to beat inflation. Fed chairman Jerome Powell suggested the rate, next rate hike in July would be either 50 or 75 basis points. That would bring the target range for the Fed funds rate into the neighborhood of 2.25 to 3%. It's expected we go as high as three, five to four, probably about three eighths the median expectation. So we're getting to the point at the end of July, we're going to say, okay, now we're closer to really high lending rates that are more normalized historically. It'll give you some more perspective of how the financial matters are being handled. We had super low interest rates, super low for 15 years. I made a lot of my wealth that I'll be honest with you. If I had to make it in an interest rate environment of 4% versus one quarter of 1% to one and a half percent, it would have been a lot more difficult. You too. Your home went up in value, not because you're a genius, but because of low cost of money and your neighbor sold their home. Someone got low cost of money and bought it, but there was 10 people that wanted to buy it. So five of them up their bids, creating inflation. This morning's economic data is not going to help on the economic slowdown argument or mitigate the market's concerns about the Fed tightening. Housing starts to decline 14.4% month over month. We need more housing, not less. Building permits, which is a leading indicator. It talks about the future because uh, construction guy, let's just call him Ivan. I'm Ivan, the construction guy. He'll come into your house and he'll go... To your wife, he'll call her sweetie. You're like, don't call my wife sweetie in front of me. And he goes, okay, sweetie. You don't call me sweetie in front of my wife. Like, you get it. And he'll say, what do you want me to construct? What do you want me to build for you? And then he goes out and gets city permits. And six months later, he comes back after the city has come in and inspected things and he builds. One minute. So the housing isn't moving in the right direction. We need it to move the other way. We need more of it, not less of it. Fed Chairman Powell didn't exactly sound convinced that 3.8% is going to be the right terminal rate. He said, we'll know it, we see it. He acted as if he had a lot of confidence, but keep in mind, nine months ago, we thought he was going to raise interest rates two times this year. He did it three times in one day and almost pledged to do it three times again. Six moves, not two. And two was supposed to be over the whole year. I like it because I, I feel the inflation. I want him to do this. 
National jobless reports for the week ending June 11th decreased by 3,000 to 229,000. Employment's still great. We need that to come down to cut inflation and gasoline consumption, as well as consumption going into goods. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. I've been with you for 25 years. My goal has been to get you to retirement. We are probably squarely looking at a recession in 2022, late, or 2023, early to mid. In large part, the Federal Reserve is changing the rules on how much money costs. And when it costs more money, some people have to wave their hand and and step away. You know, in Squid Game, when they go from 400 challengers to 350, it's kind of like, that's an interest rate move. And 350 to 300, that's job cuts. And 300 to 250, that is earnings cuts. It was one of the more interesting things about the interview I did yesterday with briefing.com. He was really, really focused on Wall Street's earnings estimates are too high. We've already seen some job cuts in crypto. So that may tell you that crypto is a little bit closer to a bottom than say the NASDAQ. I don't know if that's true because that's really, I'm try, that's an assumption. One of the better research pieces I read yesterday was that the best way to get gasoline prices lower is a recession. If people aren't driving to work, they're staying home. You may have forgotten this, but when the pandemic hit, people started driving more and more. Do you remember why? Because we didn't feel safe going on metros, muni buses. We didn't feel safe going on BART's uh, barrier rent, a rapid transit, which is every city has a different word for it. So gasoline prices went up because demand went up. And we've seen gasoline prices at these levels before. When? 2012, basically coming out of a housing recession. Not, no, 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 not at these prices, but pretty darn close. The last two months, if you were to take those out, yeah, you would say at these prices. But in the last two months, and we've been at war, not we, uh, there's a, a Freudian slip. Putin's been at war with Ukraine for the last three months. That's kind of been the extra dig this time. So the Fed Reserve came into the room yesterday and said, we're taking the punch bowl away. Party's over. They did three rate cuts, boom, 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 all in one day. And if you've ever been to a New Year's Eve party or, I don't know, maybe a disco, <laughs> I've never been to a disco, which is kind of funny. And you see the DJ start flashing lights and you can see like, oh, it's closing time. That's what the Federal Reserve did yesterday. But not only did they flash the lights, but they, they, they stopped the music. It is serious as a heart attack when you raise interest rates three three times, 75 basis points in one day. It doesn't happen historically often in your lifetime. And he's going to do it again, back-to-back. When you're in a baseball game and you see back-to-back home runs, you're like, wow, that was quite a, a thing. You kind of feel the energy. There's some energy. And yesterday we felt a little bit of a relief rally because we felt like, hey, Drew and Powell gets it. Today we're in kind of different area. Today we're like, Um, he's really concerned about inflation. He's really trying to say something here. So the Fed may need some tougher medicine 
Federal Reserve just hiked its key interest rate by the most since 1994. So go back and think about where you were in 1994. That's not going to bring inflation down from its highest levels. He was very aggressively stating yesterday that he has no control over oil. He has no control over food costs, which we all need energy to make things as well as to move from place to place, as well as to heat our homes. We've had a bad energy policy for 45, 50 years, and we're not doing anything about it. Republicans hate Democrats. Democrats hate Republicans. That's not going to help. During the pandemic, Republicans and Democrats worked together to give us a ton of money. It worked. Some people would say they saved the economy. Now, if you're more of a naturalist, and I'm not talking about going nude through the city or, or on a beach, but if you're more of a naturalist, what you need is for companies to fail. And the companies that weren't ready for the pandemic, if they had failed, let's say uh, there's a great restaurant location at the wharf in San Francisco. Had they failed because they didn't have enough money, yeah, people would have lost jobs. But me and my new friend Aikman could have said, you know what? Let's leave radio and let's go open a restaurant. There's a new place on the wharf that we could have done. And it would have been natural. The people that were there before, they made their money. They didn't run a business so tight that it couldn't fail, it failed. Some people need company to fail. I, I'm more of one of those. Because you've heard me more than once on this say, we... Job cuts have to happen. And until job cuts happen, we can't have full employment in rising interest rates. It, it just like logically doesn't make sense. That's like when you see a, a person who's like five foot two go up against Michael Jordan and beat him one on one. It's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's not adding up. I would like to see that though. And then I know you're saying, like, yeah, would that be like a globe trotter who's like five foot two? Like, what, what could beat a Michael Jordan? Someone who cheats, someone who bites his ankles? I don't know. Um, Treasury yields fell sharply and stocks rallied after Powell's remarks. This is going to be a very interesting open on Wall Street today. I start my show 30 minutes before the market is open and the market's reaction on where we go is going to be fascinating to me. I am following Bitcoin most because it's the most down and people fear that when it breaks 20,000, if it breaks 20,000, the next stop is 10,000. I'm still of the belief that the people who own shares of Bitcoin did it to get rich and did it in philosophically challenging ways, not understanding currencies, not understanding how regulation was going to work, but believing that this is the way that we get transparency. This is the way you fight inflation. When the world goes to heck in a handbasket, today, if the market's down big and Bitcoin's not up big, Bitcoin's a failure. Bitcoin's a loser. Bitcoin's done something wrong because that's how they market it. And I say they, I do think there's some charlatans in the industry. I do think there's some really great uses of blockchain, some amazing, and many of them have already been started to be put in our supply chain management system. But this morning, we woke up with the idea of the Fed forecast challenges pledge on unemployment. We wake up with the idea and some of the economic data like U.S. jobless claims rise more than expected. That may be a good thing, but it's 229,000 first-time unemployed. Not enough. Not enough. The way you fix recessions or the way you fix um, inflation, it, it's really damaging. It's socially unacceptable to say out loud. 
And I, I could probably be canceled if I were to speak in my true tongue. And we don't want me canceled. So anyhow, in any way, um, what do we expect this morning? Um, some of the headlines, Revlon, I didn't see this one. I, I'm not really following the makeup industry. But Revlon is filing for bankruptcy. Tesla's in the news today. Um, what's, interesting, what's interesting about Tesla is it's raising prices across its entire vehicle lineups. Right when the consumer is getting hit the hardest. I heard Elon Musk give a great quote yesterday. He goes, if we don't get full self-driving done, if we don't get autonomous done, stock's worth nothing. And they don't have it done. What's the time frame now in my mind, in his mind? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.